It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's time for another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skyler Sig Daddy Sigmund. Not joined by J.O. this week, but hopefully he'll be back for next week's episode. Plenty to get to in this week's episode of the show, including reaction from last week's AEW Grand Slam and Arthur Ashe. We'll talk about that along with the ending of Extreme Rules last night. The main topic of discussion for this week's episode will be should WWE do away with gimmick pay-per-views altogether? I will answer that here shortly. But before I get into all of that, let's first go over the uh, Mick Foley comedy show that we attended last week. It was a storytelling s- a sort of show, uh, part of the Nice Day Tour. Uh, I got to say, it was a lot of fun. Laughed my butt off. It was fantastic. J.O. would say the same. He enjoyed it as well. I'll leave you a little with a little thing at the end of the podcast, something Mick said that J.O. really... Uh, it, it struck a nerve with him at the uh, end of the show. It was really good words Mick provided for everybody in the audience. But I had a lot of fun. It was hilarious and uh, really enjoyed it. Part it, His stories he was telling were from his book, uh, Have a Nice Day, which is honestly one of the best wrestling autobiographies I have ever read. It's up there top two. I got that along with uh, Lion's Tale. Those two are probably my favorite uh, wrestling autobiographies I have read so far, but, uh, that was an enjoyable show. What was kind of enjoyable? I don't know. I wouldn't say that it was enjoyable. It was kind of odd. I'll say the least. I didn't see, I didn't watch extreme rules last night. I did not watch extreme rules, but I did see a video pop up. I think last night or this morning with the ending of the match where Finn uh, his demon persona comes back to life with this heartbeat thing where he's twitching on the ground. And as I said on Twitter, it's your prerogative. If you liked that, you thought it was cool, cool. For me, that came off as absolutely corny. It was dorky. It, I just did, it just didn't vibe with me. And then at the end where the turnbuckle broke which made, honestly, no sense as he stood up there for 10 seconds and all of a sudden, oh, it's broke under his 190 pounds of weight. That was the way of WWE protecting them, protecting him, which I guess works, but I don't know. That, I, that didn't vibe with me, honestly. It just didn't vibe with me. I didn't agree with it. Finn, he, he can't get a break, it seems like. Honestly, it would have it would have made sense. Some people were saying this. It would have made sense for him to take the title because honestly, Roman Brock doesn't need it. Roman Brock does not need the title involved in it. And I get why they're going to do it, but I don't know. Finn is, man, they that just didn't that really help him. It's like him slipping on a banana peel practically. How did how does the turnbuckle break? Unless they give some explanation on it, which I don't think there's really a good explanation on it, when the turnbuckle broke after like 10 seconds of him standing on it before going for the coup de grace. Anyway, if you liked it, that's cool. I just didn't. But what I thought was cool was uh, last week, the news came out, AEW 
announced that they are partnering up with the Owen Hart Foundation, which is a absolute huge deal, good for them, um, honoring the uh, late Owen Hart. Uh, Martha hasn't really been involved with prof- professional wrestling outside of that dark side of the ring thing since Owen's passing, and she really never was involved in the wrestling business, really, other than being Owen Hart's wife. Um, but it is such a cool thing. They're going to be doing a tournament uh, the Owen Hart Cup, which will be held annually, annually, with the winner receiving the trophy called the Owen, and then also it'll be there'll also be merchandise, action figures. He's going to be featured in the AEW video game uh, coming out here. I don't know when, but he'll be featured in that. So that's a really cool thing, really cool partnership we're going to be seeing between AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation. That is huge. That is a big deal because Martha Hart has kind of stayed away from professional wrestling for the most part for the last 22 years. So this is a huge deal and a cool partnership. They'll definitely honor Owen as he should be honored uh, in his uh, professional wrestling career. And not only that, he was a great father and a just a great friend to everybody who's whoever he ever came whoever he came in contact with. I've never I've heard nothing but good things from the his friends and Mick Foley talks about him at length in the book in the, his uh, book. So a uh, cool partnership to see, and uh, also cool was uh, AEW Grand Slam. So my thoughts were on the first night. The first night, man, Wednesday night that delivered. My goodness, my goodness! It was a four-hour week of AEW on uh, TNT. So. Two hours on Wednesday and a special two-hour edition of Rampage on Friday. Wednesday, boy, was good. Uh, everything was solid, including Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega. That was special. That was special in the aspect. I haven't seen that kind of electricity in a building before, like since I mean, Rock Hogan. And I and I know that's a weird comparison, but the Sky Dome, it was much bigger, but this. Arthur Ashe Stadium, man, that was rocking all night on Wednesday, especially because that was that was special because they hadn't even touched yet. They hadn't even touched, and the crowd was going absolutely ballistic. It was it was incredible, and the match, my goodness, was great. Thirty minute time limit draw. I don't care if you was like, oh, this didn't help Brian at all, Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. Well. It, it protected both guys. These guys are both so good, it's believable for them to have a draw. And this leaves something open in the future. I hope my hope is that it's not it's Danielson Omega when the title is not in the picture. That's my opinion. Because I hope Omega loses it to Hangman at full gear, and then they can continue this feud and have another match at a revolution coming up in February. They can they can hold off on it for a bit. They gave us a taste of it now. Let's hold off for it for a few months. Let this linger, and then we go back to it. But then we get uh, MJF and Pillman. They had a strong outing. I liked that. Uh, I liked that the Pillman got Pillman Jr. got to work uh, the Big Show on uh, Grand Slam. MJF. They had a solid match. Alistair Black is two and zero versus Cody now, even though by its nefarious means. Cody gets a win. Cody gets beat by uh, Inside Cradle, but Alistair Black, Alistair Black, but uh, Malachi Black 
is 2-0 versus Cody now. So they're keeping him strong as can be. And these guys they're bringing in, they're keeping him strong. Brian Danielson won, then Malachi Black as well. And Cody, he wants to continue being a fan favorite, but he's really not. He's a he's kind of a heel because fans don't want to cheer for him, honestly. They do not. But still, they had a really good match too. Not as good as Danielson Omega. That was just fantastic, magical stuff there. Um, also on the show... Sting and Darby Allen against FTR. My goodness. Sting is 62 years old. Just get that through your minds, everybody. A 62-year-old. And he is moving around there like some 40-year-old. Like, if I... Uh, can I just be Sting? Can I just be Sting? Because that's incredible. If I'm, if I'm 62 and I'd be doing that... Oh my gosh. That he was flying all over the ring, hits a cross body at one point. He was just he was fantastic and he's been fantastic in his role since coming to AEW. And I I, I love it. I love it. Even though it, maybe FTR should have won, I don't know. But they want you gotta give the crowd what they want sometimes. And they wanted a sting win. And man, that was a fun match. FTR, the consummate professionals that they are, they these two teams delivered a fun match as hell tag team match and then Britt and Ruby in the end delivered a solid main event even though Britt had the distraction to help her retain and win so they'll leave stuff open for Ruby in the future and then Rampage I thought it was all right the second half of it was all right I think the Punk and Hobbs match uh was good as, long, as well as the six-man tag between the Super Click and Jurassic Express but I think things cooled off quite a bit and normally, I like every, I like most everything in AEW. I do. Most everything. But this Matt Hardy, Orange Cassidy storyline, I could absolutely care less. And honestly, the Hardy family office could go away tomorrow. I just don't like it. I, I haven't dug it. Nobody seems to be more over than they were prior to it. Like Butcher and Blade, not really more over than they were prior to it. Definitely private party. They have just kind of fallen off the map since the joining the HFO. Honestly. Honestly. And uh, I love Matt Hardy. Matt, I absolutely love Matt Hardy. The broken stuff he did back in Impact and, and such. And I've always been a Hardy Boys fan. They're my favorite tag team ever. I just am not digging this HFO stuff. Just not. But we're going to get to the topic of discussion right now. The topic of discussion after last night, because we looked at Extreme Rules. They had one Extreme Rules match on the entire pay-per-view. But tonight on Raw, they're doing an Extreme Rule. They did an Extreme Rules match and a Steel Cage match. Then all of a sudden, Hurt Business joined back together. Oh well. We'll get let's get into it. Should WWE do away with gimmick pay-per-views altogether? And I'm going to say Ab-so-freaking-lutely. Do away with them for good. Period. Because honestly, the gimmicks lose their luster. There's one reason, and that's Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell means absolutely nothing anymore. It's like a secondary match in a feud, pretty much. Back in the day, the matches I remember, Triple H, Cactus Jack, that was a feud ender. That was supposed to be a feud ender. But those two, that was supposed to be the end of Mick Foley's career. 
they went on to went on like with another one other match, but that's beside the point. That's supposed to be a conclusion to the feud, which it was in part. Triple H Batista, one of my favorite Hell in a Cell matches, probably my favorite Hell in a Cell match ever. That was the conclusion of the feud between Triple H and Batista. That's what you want Hell in a Cell to be, is a feud ender. But no, it's not, it's not what it is anymore. It's just like a placeholder, pretty much. Like, Seth Rollins and The Fiend, that was the most uh, extreme case. Because they did a no contest inside Hell in a Cell. That's happened also with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns a few years ago in Hell in a Cell, if you remember correctly. They did that. Why? Why? And they're not even like super violent anymore, honestly. They're not. These are supposed to be feud enders. These are supposed to be big time feud enders. They almost, like with Bailey and Sasha, even though they had a hell of a Hell in a Cell match. It was kind of fast-tracked. I, I was the one person in that with that Bailey Sasha feud. I wanted them to get it over with. They they've been it's been lingering for way too long. Let's do it. But they kind of rushed to the Hell in a Cell. So, like Hell in a Cell, that's one thing that needs just to completely go away. You only do that on very 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 special occasions. That has to be an absolute 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 blood feud in order for that to happen here also when they do these pay-per-views they barely use the gimmicks it seems like extreme rules last year the horror show as they like to call it which was more it was kind of a horror show uh the three matches three matches on there with some sort of extreme step minus the Strowman wyatt main event swamp fight that was a cinematic match. Ugh. Yeah. And then uh, this year's Extreme Rules match. This year's Extreme Rules. One Extreme Rules match on the whole entire card. One. But then they decide on Monday Night Raw the next night to do a couple Extreme uh, Rules time of kind of matches. Well, some kind of stip matches. Like uh, they did the Extreme Rules match with uh, Damian Priest and... Sheamus and I think they were doing a steel cage match this evening as well. Why do the why have the gimmick pay-per-view and not have the gimmicks at the pay-per-view, but have the gimmicks on the following night's Monday Night Raw? And then last year, TLC had two TLC matches on a seven-match card. No other match had a gimmick. Back in 2019, it was a little bit better. Four of eight in 2019. But honestly, gimmick matches need some sort of build to them. Like it has to be intense, an intense rivalry for in order for it to be a gimmick match. Back in the day, Edge and Christian, even though it was they were kayfabe brothers at that point, they had a really good feud. They had a feud, blood feud, and it led to a ladder match fighting for the Intercontinental title. Like, I don't know, TLC match. They did it at SummerSlam 2009. CM Punk and Jeff Hardy. Those two had been embroiled in a months-long feud which culminated in a tables, ladders, and chairs match at the pay-per-view. That's how you build up to these gimmick matches. 
but if you're going to do a gimmick pay-per-view, use the gimmicks. Like tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, you have a couple TLC matches. Are you going to incorporate tables or ladders in there? You have to, but it's a combination. You have to have the right feuds and you have to, and if you're not going to have the right feuds for this, you don't do them at all. You don't do them all. It's gimmicks, matches, like this is one of the reasons, gimmick matches should have some sort of meaning to them. Because it seems like it's just thrown together on a pay-per-view every year. It's like, oh, uh, okay, it's uh, Extreme Rules time. Um, uh, We got to do Extreme Rules matches. We got to do one. Except we didn't do any of this year's pay-per-view. Like TLC, Hell in a Cell is the worst uh, offender of this because... Like I said, you gotta these gotta be blood feuds. Hell in a Cell has gotta be a blood feud. Has to be brutal. Brutal. It has to be a an absolute feud ender. And there's the one I think they would be sort of keeping. What would be in the realm of keeping? The only one I would keep, but I'm not going to. I'd say they should just completely do away with them altogether. But Money in the Bank is the only one that I would possibly consider keeping. But honestly, now with the two-night WrestleMania, I feel like it could fit the format. They could do one Money in the Bank. They could do the men's Money in the Bank ladder match on one night, and they could do the women's Money in the Bank ladder match on the other night. Because otherwise, it's just kind of pointless and stupid to do these gimmick pay-per-views. And that's that's a way to work around not doing the gimmick pay-per-views anymore. Use the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Use them for WrestleMania. It was so cool when they did it for WrestleMania back in the day. 2005 was the start of it. Edge winning Money in the Bank 22. RVD. And it, so on and so forth. It's a cool WrestleMania moment when someone wins Money in the Bank. I, I, I think they should save that for WrestleMania. WrestleMania. It was cool at WrestleMania when they did it. I, I thought it was a good part of WrestleMania. So hopefully, in the future, they'll start to think, oh, let's do away with these gimmick pay-per-views because, honestly, it's just pointless to keep doing these when you're not going to have gimmick matches involved in them. Just my opinion. Just my personal opinion on this. Please let me know on Twitter what your thoughts are. Should WWE just completely do away with gimmick pay-per-views? I sure do. But uh, if you want to let me know your thoughts on it, uh, send me a tweet at SigDaddyWrestle. Let me know what your thoughts are. Keep the gimmick pay-per-views or just eliminate them altogether. It was a little bit shorter episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Next week, we're going to give you a little insight in our fandom little insight into our wrestling fandom. J.O. and I, next week, we will be talking about our top five favorite matches of all time. So this should, should, this should certainly be interesting to see what our list looks like. Like, what differences will we see in our top five lists? Will we have completely different top five matches altogether? You'll find out here next week. Before I go, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting the show, whether it be listening to the show, following the show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever. I'd like to thank you all for supporting it. 
and uh, your continued support is always appreciated. And if you want to leave a review for the show, leave it on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at SigDaddyWrestling and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Until next time, this is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund signing off, leaving you with these words of advice from the great Mick Foley. Don't let others tell you what success is. We determine what our version of success is. Have a great week, everybody. So long.